1: everybody, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. This is Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you doing?
0: Uh, Good, Good, Shad. Yeah? I'm doing good.
1: I'm glad to hear it, and I'm glad each and every one of you out there listening is with us for this episode. As always, we're going to take care of our shout-outs right here at the beginning. First one's going to go... To Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's number four, capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast. Save 10% off your order. The other one, folks in East Kentucky, you can still use your help. If you are game for helping the folks that I used to wrestle in front of, I'm going to direct you to go to appleshop.org, appalsho po Your donations will go to the people that need it. I can tell you that, absolutely. <clears throat> oh, the shout out means
2: we pass the ball over to Matt. Yeah, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. Uh you know, guys, Orlando Cologne, I believe he is the uh four hundred and twenty-eighth WWE world champion. Uh, they're just <laughs> passing those titles around to everyone. Uh I think I'm oh, going yeah. next week. Uh oh, in my man. own championship. So Cool.
0: That was my favorite meme that Justin posted earlier today was like it's from um sort of like the Simpsons barbecue where Lisa becomes a vegetarian and it has <laughs> Triple H's face face. It was like, good news, everyone. Everyone could have a title belt. And it's like the town laughing, like, go back to the N.W.A.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's, yep. it's very N.W.A. It's like everyone has a title. Yeah, there's 58 titles.
0: You know what I so this is this is my prediction and I could be wrong. But I, but so I secretly think they're they did this because they're going to try Well, OK, a couple things. Um one I think they they came up this was a short-term decision that they made like they made it within the last couple of weeks and that's why the belt is such a fucking atrocity because they just threw two concepts together uh-huh and had it like whipped up um on the mm. cheap uh yeah. and secondly I think this kind of makes me think they're going to try and run Roman all the way to next mania Oh because they have this mass hard on for this rock match that I don't think is ever going to happen, but they're going to try and go for it.
2: I that, I, that thing will be hilarious. If rock next year, is like, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah.
0: Like,
2: I, I don't need to, I don't need your company. And, and he doesn't.
0: And I think there's a better than 0% chance that by next mania, Roman just has that belt too.
1: Oh yeah. Cause, uh, you know what? I, I'm not even going to be snarky whatever. I don't care anymore. I I
2: don't care other than people have pointed out and they're true that you have kind of like you really have kind of like cucked your whole like world title scene like it's basically this is uh, I think Brian Alvarez mentioned it's like okay this title is like immediately it's like the bronze it's like the bronze
0: medal. I didn't even think about Mm -hmm. that and it was because I was thinking like oh this is the consolation prize and he was like it's the bronze medal of belts and I'm like oh yeah because Roman has it is.
2: Yeah, it's it's clearly like if you count the Roman's titles as like two titles. It's like, okay, well this is like basically a third world title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's clearly like they and they 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 premised it by it's like, "Oh yeah, like Roman's unbeatable." Oh, I guess we'll have to do a new championship because can yeah, nobody can beat him for it. And he uh, he's a part-timer. They like, basically sold it. it's like, "Oh yeah, he's part-timer." You know it so you, you know it's this... that you can defend. It's like you literally just like you said like we're bringing this title because we can't book him to lose the titles. Yeah. And so there's, here's a consolation prize. Anyone is like clearly not as good as Roman, but you I you guess know, here's a championship, I guess. But people have pointed out that it also like makes Roman look bad. Cause it's like, okay, well you invited, you created like a new world title. Then that makes that further makes his like thousand day reign. Oh, I'm unbeatable. It's like, you've made it even dumber because it's like, okay, well there's a whole other world title here. So, who gives a shit about Roman's, like, endless reign?
0: I've seen, like, the, uh, the few positive comments I've seen about it that I think weren't fed pillars were like, you know, I kind of like this because I can just ignore Roman's shit now. hmm You know what meme this calls for, though, is the, the Olympic podium one where the guy's, like, spraying himself in <laughs> champagne <Yes>. and flipping <laughs> everyone off? That's what this belt is. <laughs> but I, I saw more than one person, and this is why you shouldn't do this, is more than one person. And Matt and I both said the exact same thing on different things. Like we said the exact same thing because it, it got announced and Matt and I had two separate things that almost the same time said, so, so this is the beta cook title. Yeah.
1: Mhm. This is the, okay. this is the participant. The, I call it the mania main event participation trophy belt, mm. but I, I see the hell of it is there is no way, no way in hell that, um, Cody should should be involved with
0: with so he'll, he'll lose this Seth They're like Omos or like Miz or something I, in a file I, I've for seen,
2: it. I've seen people argue with a straight face. And there's a certain logic to it. So but they're basically saying like, oh, like Cody shouldn't win this. Like it should be Seth. Seth right. Which is like I, I. Why are you having Seth in his giggly bitch gimmick? Winning the world title, but I've, okay, I've seen, like let's say you do that. People have pointing out like, oh, Cody should like he should be going after Roman. He should not settle for this title. He should win the titles from Roman. And it's like, well, yes, actually, that logically that makes sense, but I don't have any confidence that they'll do that.
0: no, no, i've seen I've seen that argument, but I've seen it in a more reasonable sense from people that aren't fed pilled that says Cody shouldn't win this because you don't want the stink of this failure on Cody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: I think in part they are going to give the title to Cody because oh. he got he got hot and said they want to capitalize on that. It's like oh he's he's hot. Like we got to get, got to put the world title. on It's like yeah, okay, it well you have him beat Roman at WrestleMania. It's like oh no, we can't do that. Thousand yeah. Day Rain. It's like oh god. It's like the whole back in the day like the roman the uh, Punk <laughs> Roman Reign things like. You gotta make Roman look really strong. It's like, okay, then why does he I just go out there and he beats me? Oh no, no, no. You you gotta put up a good fight, like you gotta do that. Okay. Okay, I I will I'll beat them then. No, you, you gotta make Roman look really strong. It's like, okay, enough. It's circular reasoning. Come on.
0: You know what I yeah. don't get is this was a really easy thing to get around where you, you didn't have to make a third title. No. So you do you do cody sammy and roman in and they've done this before they did this with angle jericho and benoit for the european and IC titles so uh-huh. you put them in a three-way you do a two-fall match one falls for one belt the other falls for the other belt so you have cody pin sammy to get the title he hasn't held for a thousand days off of him and uh-huh. then you have roman beat sammy to keep the other belt
1: You can do it that... I mean, they did that with Seth Rollins, John Cena, and Sting. What I was going to say is, you can do that real easily. The easiest thing I would say is, you win the Rumble. You get to challenge for a title. And then Roman's like, you get challenged for a title. Well, Cody doesn't want the Universal title. That's been established. He doesn't care about that one. So, you just say, I'm challenging for the WWE title in the main event or WrestleMania. Roman's doing the 1000-day reign with the universal title. Oh, so the WWE he, title doesn't even come into it.
0: Wait, so he, he he the Oh, I thought it was the other way around. Because, that's even worse because no one gives a shit about the universal title. I'm
1: pretty sure. Tell you what, I'll double check. Wrestling Wiki. Yeah, because Roman. that's stupid
0: because that doesn't that doesn't count then if if he gets a 1000 days with the universal title.
1: Let's see. When did he win the damn thing let's do it this way universal he's current da, da, da. relinquished tribal chief August 23rd whatever that would be uh, he went on August at payback August 30th reigns won the universal title in 2020. Okay,
0: so then it feels like it feels like it's been a decade.
1: Yeah. So that means that all he had to do, he won the universal title. He didn't have to do anything. Right. He just he had the universal title. All he had to do was say, you know, a thousand day reign with this belt right here. And Cody's like, I don't want that one. I want that one. And then Roman can have this whole crisis of confidence of like, oh, you you can't. No, no, you can't have you can't have both of my belts you can't no you can't do that it's not hard and yet what do we get we're getting
0: this right they consistently have terrible belt designs too i it's
2: i it, it, i can't get over how much i hate it uh and, and there are people out there it's like oh it's not that bad it's because, because it's cause, cause basically it's kind of like the big old belt
0: but it's everything the, the big title? gold belt's not.
2: But it's they they they, they took the big gold belt. They they could have just brought back. Yeah. And they slapped a WWE logo in the middle of it. It's like no, no.
0: It, you know what it looks no. like to me is it looks like it looks like they cut the middle of the of big gold out and put like a tag title in the middle.
2: <laughs> I actually, I shared it with you guys with someone <laughs> someone took the big green belt, which is like a belt that uh, I think Backlund had, like it predated like Hogan, maybe Hogan had it for a bit, but it's like, that's the one Hogan won. Okay. It's like from like literally like, 40 years ago. Yeah. And someone just like, "Oh, the new Here's a new WWE belt design." And it's just that belt, but it was like every single surface <laughs> <plate>. surface <laughs> it, it, it was a <laughs> WWE logo on it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's pretty much what's happening.
0: That really hit home why I hate all of their new belts because their new belts all suck because they make the WWE logo like the biggest part of every single title yeah. now and the focal point.
2: I got to have branding.
0: Yeah, that, now I the understand why right? the brand. Now I understand why I hate it. Mhm. That makes total sense That's,
1: now. So that that was the thing. I was home last night. I and you know, just and there's like, oh, it's the big announcement, and I'm like, oh, okay, big announcement, cool, whatever. And it's like, you know, it's gonna rock the foundations of the company. Yeah, okay, whatever. And then it's like, we're announcing the new belt. It's the Sorry, nobody here could beat Roman Belt, so I guess we're just gonna have to make something else for the rest of you losers to do, Belt. Here's the And s- I was like The first thing that went through my mind was y'all can't ever dog on Tony Khan's major announcements ever again at this point. Like I don't want to hear it. But then the other <laughs> the other thing that struck me is me going You you have you have just like you said, beta cuck or whatever, you have just cut the nuts off of everybody else on your roster for no reason
0: you know you know how you get this here's how you get cody over or you get like a face over so you have them win the title they won't do this because it would actually be interesting you have cody win it and he immediately takes that belt and he just trashes it and said i don't want this fake piece of shit like i want roman and then you just throw it in the trash and forget it ever existed that's how okay, you
1: know what that would be super ballsy and I would I would absolutely appreciate it
0: like go get that sledgehammer
1: <laughs> get another throne and drape it on the throne and
0: smash it yeah. <laughs> I just it's so stupid like you don't need because like I thought I thought last year Went and people are trying to like compare it to like whatever it's called now, whatever the all all Atlantic one was last year, whatever it's named now. People are like bitching about that. Like, well, they introduced a title last year. People are like, dumbass, that's a mid card title.
1: It's a mid card title, and people complain about AEW having too many, uh, having too many belts, but now
0: they do, but I mean,
1: but now WWE's added another like. Another, quote-unquote, top-of-the-card belt? No. Because
0: I will say this. AEW has way too many belts, but they at least book them pretty decently, each and every one, minus the TNT belt. Um, WWE does not book, like... Can only book, like, one or two titles well at a, a given time. And I only think the Gunther one has worked is because they don't care enough about it to actually do anything with it a
2: lot of people have saying that he is the best intercontinental champion of all time and i'm not gonna say no just because the guy is a phenomenal worker and he's been going out there having like great matches with people Mm -hmm. but you're right it's like i think because he's just been allowed to go out there and do it
0: i don't know granny doesn't like him
1: Oh Lord Granny.
0: It's, oh. it's really sad that Brian Alvarez has, has a more compelling character in his grandmother on his show than like most of the WWE roster.
1: Oh God.
0: Okay. That's... So we're gonna we're gonna move on to happier things.
1: So, yeah.
0: So we are heading back to Dangerous Alliance era WCW. We're kind of in the, the twilight of it, so we have this episode, and we're going to do Great American Bash 1992, and that's probably going to put a, put a cap on this um, mm-hmm. era. And then we're going to figure out another uh, fun long-term project after a couple of smaller things. But So this is Clash of the Champions 19, so this is the start of the NWA World Title Tag Team Tournament, because for some reason we give a shit about this and the NWA in 1992.
1: Yeah, I was a little confused by that, but okay, whatever. It's, it's an excuse to stuff, so we'll, um, yeah, we'll roll with it. That's fine.
0: So we're gonna we're gonna kick this off with uh, Ricky Steamboat and Nikita Koloff versus the Malenko's Joe and Dean Malenko. Or should I say Dino the Stinko Malenko, <laughs> as he's better known. <laughs> Can I ask a question before we preface this? Yeah.
2: I mm-hmm. uh, before we hit this match, what exactly was going on with Nikita Koloff? Like, why did he leave? Because he this was basically the last year of his in-ring career. Uh, I think his
1: wife died.
2: Oh. And when his wife died,
1: then he went to um, you know, he took some time off, and then when he came back, he. As I remember, now, it's been a while since I read the book about it, but as I remember, he came back and had a match with Vader and, like, tore his abdominal wall or something.
2: That was, like, his last match, I believe. The the match with Vader was, like, his last match. Uh, And I remember that, because he never would... Nikita never appeared on, on on WCW television again. And I remember at some point later on... Like Vader cut this really intense promo. It was an awesome promo, where he's talking about how like he basically forced Nikita to retire.
0: His first. And wife he's like, I, died. I, I, his I first wife you, died lost... in eighty nine. Oh okay, so quite some time. So for...
1: this this was his return run. And his
0: uh, and Vader... daughter born in June of hmm. ninety oh, two. like some okay. sort of reality show with them.
1: So what it? Okay, I've got it in front of me now. Vader, um, that match with Vader, I was wrong about it. The match with Vader is he got a stiff clothesline to the head, herniated disc in his neck, and stuff suffered a hernia trying to slam him. So he just had like, that one match had a cavalcade of bad stuff happen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know.
0: And I think, well, I don't think his heart was really in it at this point. I think he was just doing it for money.
1: I mean, I can't fault him.
0: I think, but I think too, like when you do all that in a match, I think there's probably just says, eh, "Screw this, I'm not."
1: Yeah, this is this is rougher on me than it needs to be.
0: Yeah. So this was um. So my takeaway from this is Joe Malinka mm, kind of weird. He so you can really tell that Dean has star potential in this match, like he has charisma. Joe is very wooden and. The more I watch this, the more I notice, like, Joe is out of position. Like, he's not totally out of position for a lot of stuff, but he's always slightly out of position, which makes things look weird because he's always, like, angled weird to someone. That's fair. Um, And he's kind of half a stiff.
1: Yeah. Like, he knows what to do. How can I best phrase it? He knows what to do, but he's not in the moment.
0: I think what I said is he strikes me as someone that is very well trained but doesn't have great aptitude or athletic ability. Uh
1: I would I would say the aptitude. Yeah, he's I mean, he seems to be pretty decently athletic but um I don't know. It, it, he he was definitely out of place with everybody else there. Yeah. So
0: so this was okay I mean it wasn't anything special no why also
2: why also were, were, were Joe and Dean billed as coming from Hungary
0: I have no idea probably because
2: There's...
0: well let me see
2: I mean was their father was the... like their are fa- look everyone in the family is from like New Jersey so I don't <laughs> oh, know I
0: bet, I bet they're I bet they're trying to say Boris Malenko came from Hungary yeah. which may have been the gimmick.
2: The gimmick may have been that he was like some uh No, he you know, Boris European... was
0: just Boris was just a fucking commie back in the day. <laughs> like that, well, that was his he, gimmick. He
1: they but he was called the professor too, so there's something there I'm missing.
0: Yeah, but maybe maybe they up. softened it up and made him hungry. But like I looked Boris up and he he was billed as from Moscow.
2: Oh, okay. It's you know, I mean, it, these this type of like Insensitive gimmick was kind of Common back in the day Mm -hmm. But there's something like Really Awful (laughs) About presenting a Jewish wrestler which is who He was like in real life he's like Lawrence Simon Yeah New Jersey And then presenting him as like a German Nazi that's that's like a gimmick that he got It's at one point wow Uh Wrestling is like wild yeah. Uh, oh wow! Looking at his like, well, looking at his Wikipedia, he won the the NWA Florida Tag Team Championship in, 19, in 72 with Bob Roop, hmm. and well, he, he was, won that off he, Bobby Shane and Bearcat Wright.
0: He was um, he was like the big, he was the big heel in Florida like in the 60s and early 70s. Like it was him versus Eddie Graham, mm-hmm. was like the big deal there.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: I didn't know anything about
2: the Malincos at this point. They were yeah. Japan
0: guys. I think they were, I think they were blackballed for a while because they tried to run Outlaw in Florida, and so I think they were working all Japan and New Japan until um, Dean got a gig with WCW.
1: Mm-hmm. So, it's
0: oh, go ahead.
1: It's it's in watching
0: this. It's I
1: mean it's very it's very clear. That um, Steamboat and Dean are the ones holding this together. And Dean is very clearly like good, like very, very capable watching him. you you know how technically proficient he is just by how by what he's doing, barring the fact that we saw down the line and that sort of stuff. but it's it, you know, they're they're doing all this, and Nikita basically just takes the hot tag at the end of it and comes in and does his lariats. And every time I see Nikita, I have the same thought of like, dude, you really could have used an athletic supporter with your gear. (laughs) Um, you really could have, but you know, nobody asked me. So what's the point in saying anything? Um, But it's, it's, it is interesting to see how that, that plays out. Um, With those guys You know With the guys that are there Like knowing what happens Down the line
0: So up next we have Austin and Rude Versus um, Bagwell and Zink Um, This was okay I have to say though I think Bagwell was better Than Zink at this point In his career In both of their careers I should say
2: This uh, I like this match It wasn't long Like eight minutes but yep. the thing that I took away most from this match was that the team of Rude and Austin was like tremendous. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, in a different time period in a, in a different circumstances, like if you could have had like Rude and Austin be like just a, a two man power trip and just like run rough rough shot over people, like they were both like really good. And Austin wasn't as good as he got, right? Like, he was still learning, but he had, he had reached a, a point. Where it was all kind of clicking with him, and he was he was really good. And Rude was was really that good. Like Rude never won like the world title. He he did if you count like the weird international title as like a world title. Yeah, but
0: it was big gold. I,
2: yeah,
0: so you could um, you could count that he the big gold he, was the real world title.
2: He wasn't around much longer after this before he got injured. Uh, but he's a guy that like you should have had him. Be like your world champion. You could push
0: him as like main heel. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You definitely. I I would say actually that this is probably. Um, I I want to. This might be the apex of Austin like as a worker because he's healthy mm -hmm. and like good. Yeah. Whereas like he's really good throughout his career, but like. Especially when you get to, like, the Attitude Era. Like, he's really good in the Attitude Era, but he's being held together by, like, bubblegum and duct tape. And that's a large reason of, like, how the main event style developed is because he he was literally wrestling on borrowed time for his big run.
2: Yeah, I mean, he he basically became, like, just a punch kick wrestler. He never, I mean he, could,
0: he yeah. never recovered from the neck. Never.
2: No, and, he, could, he could occasionally still pull it together and have, like, decent matches, but he was largely like, just, like, a punch kick guy because... Like, yeah, he, he kind of had to be. Yeah. The neck thing just like kind of ruined him.
0: Yeah.
1: It well, the Hollywood Blondes run was after this, right? Yes. So um, this may not be like the. Biggest, most bestest that he could ever do, but. You know, he still does a good. You know, obviously, he does a good job. The, it's
0: the it's two of them like are his fantastic. It's him in, like, his purest form where it's not, like, hampered by injury.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Fair enough. So up next, um... You know, this was a tape show. I don't know why they didn't, um... I don't know why they didn't edit out, like, what Steve Williams said. Yeah, that was, um... Were they asleep at the wheel there? I mean, he caught himself, because I don't think yeah, he meant to be. That was a choice you can make. Yeah. <laughs> he
1: even got the offensive word out first before he stopped himself.
0: <laughs> yeah, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of like garbled it, because I think he realized like, oh shit, I can't, I, just, I shouldn't say that. But yeah. So this match is, um, this is the Miracle Violence connection against Larry and, who's the other one?
2: Jeff, Larry and uh, Jeff O'Day.
0: Yeah. So, um, to give you an idea, these they're from Australia. Jeff O'Day does not have Wikipedia. And if you look him up on Cage Match, this is the only match that's recorded in there. And Larry was like a legit star in, like, Japan and Australia and New Zealand in the 70s.
2: Yeah, he, he was originally from Australia. Uh, he, I think, did wrestle. I mean, he he did have stints in all Japan. Uh, he did tours with them occasionally. But he worked primarily in Australia and in New Zealand. What's interesting is that he used to be a co-owner of a, a company called WCW Australia. Oh, so he was, no... uh,
0: he was my boy, because <laughs> yeah. that was um wcw in and um new zealand was uh was his deal too jim barnett yeah that was a genius. oh yeah yeah you're you're right
2: huh
0: like my boy <laughs>
2: <laughs> or you have like the the uh, last fan imitation is, I, I quit i can't do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> i quit you're asking me to do vance vance Come on, I'm going to quit.
0: <laughs> um. You know what's really okay. sad is Jim Cornette said that um, Barnett never wrote a book which would have been awesome because he didn't want to out himself as gay even though like it was the worst kept secret in wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. There, I, it makes you wonder how many guys... Set on stuff like that that could have been, you know, uh, huge. You know, sorry, this could have been the, you know, utterly huge in terms of the what they could have brought to the table or revealed or whatever term you want to use. But then instead they were like, no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, not not gonna do that.
0: Was that Ted hmm. DiBiase's wife that like? had heard the jokes about him and finally met him and was like oh my god like you guys aren't really joking
1: because she was trying not to well while, while ted was meeting with vince they had jim barnett sit with her so she wouldn't be sitting by herself and whenever he came out she said to him he goes how was it she goes i had to spend the whole time trying not to laugh he talked exactly the way you guys said he did and <laughs> i mean it what kind of thing does it have to be for you to be like the everybody's impression of you is so spot on like how what's the word I'm looking for how distinctive does your way of speaking have to be for it right
0: what what would it be to be like alive at this point and realize that that's what like there are people that have never like seen you or wouldn't know what you look like but like to hear your name immediately go like my boy boy. yeah (laughs) So, so they they um the days come out and it's like your first reaction is gonna be like who are these jobbery jobbers? and they get treated like jobbery jobbers. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, this
2: this match is like less than three minutes and it's it's really just the miracle violence uh, connection just mauling them.
0: Yeah.
1: Miracle
2: violencing them, you could yeah. say.
0: Why would you fly these guys all the way to America just to have them murdered? I'm not sure. Maybe there was some sort of like
2: Maybe he was a thing. Maybe as like a favor to Jim Barnett there or or Maybe. even Larry O'Day. Like they brought him in to, to give him like ex- exposure. And I think I think Larry O'Day did it because he was trying to get Jeff O'Day like, you know, established and, and working. But I don't think everything. And it, Obviously, nothing ever came of him. You didn't hear about him.
0: No, Jeff was yeah. kind of a nothing.
2: Yeah,
1: I was going to say it. I would like to think that it was just a well, we were in the country and they gave us a call.
0: Because Larry is kind of a nothing, too, but when I saw he primarily worked in the 70s, I'm like, eh, he's probably just older and, you know, his stuff doesn't translate as well to the 90s as it did in, like, the 60s and 70s. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is not, like, a, that's not really an indictment on anyone. Like, it's hard to be relevant in multiple eras.
1: That's why it's so notable when somebody does it. Um, that's why it was such a big deal when Hogan did it. Yeah. You know? It is not an easy thing to do.
0: So the next part, um, one of you is going to have to describe to me because I forgot to go back and watch it. So what happened to um, oh, Miguel Perez Jr. and Ricky Santana? Because I watched you, this and I immediately like...
1: You it. never, ever saw them. At all. What happened is that <clears throat> there's you have the, the match and they're announcing something and they're like, oh, there's been something that's happened to the Puerto Rican team. Like, there was a car wreck, or there was something that happened, and they're not here, and we're not sure what's going on. And they keep coming back to that, and I think it's after the next match, there's a promo, which we'll come back to. But it's supposed to be the Steiners versus the Puerto Rican team, and the Steiners just get a bye. Because it's like, something's happened to them, you know, we've got people looking after them, but um, you never, ever,
2: ever see them.
0: Okay. mm mm-hmm. So then, it's, um, oh, go ahead.
2: The oh. the the promo that Gordy and uh and <laughs> Williams Scott really is mostly Gordy, but it was low key or even high key. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> just hilarious. They all something happened in Puerto Rico. They're all like, ah, and then he like throws himself down on his back and like kicking his legs out to imitate like how they got injured. They're and laying was, on the
1: ground like, well, you get the idea.
2: Yeah, It's not it, 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 there very long, but it's like, yeah, Nick, it, what are you doing? It's clearly implied that whatever bad happened to the, the Puerto Rican team, that, that the Miracle Violence connection was, was behind it Yeah. Uh, because they just wanted to have – they wanted the Puerto Ricans to have a bye so they, that they could face the Steiners because you see villains talking about like, ah, anyone ever talks to me about the Steiners. And you have Terry Gordy being like, oh, look at the bracket. I guess the Steiners have – they got to forfeit. They have to face us it's it's just brilliant it's like how can you not love and gordy and williams they're just two like beasts of men and probably a little sauce they mauled the o'days and then here they are like they're just hilarious really hilarious hilarious as hell
0: i just you you get a you get a sense that like gordy's just like back there pounding beers until it's time to go out there and like beat someone up
1: I don't know, but you you watch this and and they they kind of steal the show with their promo
0: stuff. Oh, Terry Gordy is by far the most entertaining like entity on the show. I want to see a stand up set now.
1: (laughs) But yeah, so the the Steiners versus the Puerto Rican team doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, And that takes that goes into. Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes versus Arn Anderson, beautiful Bobby from the dangerous Alliance.
0: Yeah. This one was interesting. This one was really, I thought, I thought this match was pretty good, but it felt like it felt like if you ever, if you've ever listened to like a podcast or something on 1.5 speed, I felt like this match was in like 1.5 speed. It felt like they were just trying to rush through like what they had planned.
1: We got stuff we're going to do and we're going to get through it and,
0: like, hey, guys, then, we had 15 minutes. Um, We now have 10 and a half minutes, and Aaron and, like, Barry Wyndham are like, we are not cutting a damn thing out. Like, we're <laughs> getting it all in.
1: We're getting our shit in. Yeah. Oddly, it seems, watching this match, I know I've said it before, but watching this mass, match reinforced to me how good Dustin was, like, from the first time we see him on TV. Because, I mean... Even with the accelerated uh, timetable on this one, it he, it fits him perfectly. Like he doesn't seem to miss a beat. None of his offenses seems particularly rushed or out of place. He's just doing his thing, and um, doing great. But and they have a good match. Mm-hmm. But you know, the difficulty I have with this show is that there are plenty of good matches on it. It's we run into the three ring circus again because we don't we don't get variety. we're getting a lot of early nineties w c w tag matches, which can be fantastic, but we're just getting a bunch of them back to, back to 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 back to
0: back yeah, this show was this show was really exhausting until the very end for me it's uh,
2: this show happened like right after I started watching. Mm -hmm. wrestling and so i i literally had this show for years i had this taped on vhs that i taped live uh and i i liked it because like again as as someone who had not been exposed to really any wrestling
0: i mean you're (laughs) at that phase too where you can't get enough
2: yeah i I was very beginning i was like i want to watch any wrestling content i could Mm -hmm. and i this was a fascinating show to me even though watching it many years later like decades later It's not it's not a bad show, but it's not great. It's to me, it was like great because like the curiosity of it. It's like, wow, it's uh, guys from everywhere across the world. And it's like, well, kind of, but not (laughs) not necessarily. But it was interesting. Like there was some interesting stuff.
0: I kind of I kind of feel like this show for me might be the Mendoza line of like wrestling shows. So if you don't know what the Mendoza line is in baseball, that is pretty much your base comparison of what um, competence is in baseball mm-hmm. is the Mendoza line, which is hitting 200. So I feel like this show is like the baseline of like what a competent wrestling show should be like. So if, if you're not as good as this show, like you're a bad show, like this is the baseline of like adequate, acceptable wrestling show with a side of probably better than not bad i should say
1: i'll come back to my thought on it i had a way i thought that kind of encapsulated it but i'll come back to it at the end it's yeah i'll just wait for it It'll be fine
0: and we, we've seen combinations of these guys already and this is not the best version of their
1: well yeah it it reminds me of when we watched um the uh the GWF TV title tournament, it's like, we did not need all of these first round matches. Like we did not need all of that here. We, we could have been like, Oh, you know, here's, here's, you know, Steve Williams and Terry Gordy. They beat the Australian team of, of Jeff and Larry O'Day. And it's like, did, did you, did you need to have that as a slot on the card? I think, I think you could have just told us that and we would have believed it. Or, yeah, if you wanted to have some first-round matches, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, since this is a world tournament then this happened, this one happened in on Australia, and then after winning, Williams and Gordy flew up here for the next part of it, so you build in this whole thing about jet lag or something. But if you want to have the, the Wyndham-Rhodes versus Anderson-Eaton match, you know, you can have a little more time for it and kind of build it out. They're just, they're putting a lot. Into this show, and this is a clash, so it's just two hours.
0: Yeah, they've had a problem with that in this era of WCW. There's just too much on the shows.
2: Yeah, but that's what I mean. I'm I'm never gonna say no to like Wyndham's roads.
0: Yeah, body. no,
2: like, no, I'm just, I'm not like it, even on both guys, both guys, both teams, if it would all four guys are having like a bad night, it's still going to be great.
0: This is still a good match. It just yeah, wasn't, it was a very good match. It just wasn't great. It was just good.
2: Yeah, and obviously the the point of it is a, a tournament match, but it's like there's also not really like anything there.
0: Yeah,
2: I It's was... just a match happening.
0: And then I was very angered by what happens for the next match.
2: So the next
1: match
0: is the silver King's Brad's favorite. Yeah. Brad's favorite was in this match, guys. Well, can can. So let me let me discuss. Let me go through my thought process here. So we get the silver Kings and I'm like, ooh, like silver Kings on this show. That's awesome. Like, mm. I don't know who the other guy is, which um, is El Texano, who has like a horrible end to his life. But we're not going to talk about that. And then Bad Street hits and I'm like I think I woke my wife up wife up yelling motherfucker. And here comes here comes fucking washed, chubby, short Jimmy Jam Garvin and like I was very upset. I'm like I thought they had been fired by this point.
1: Here they come. Yeah. We're doing our
0: thing.
1: We're going to do our thing. Jimmy Garvin's uh, proclivities were kind of very much, at sh- you know, shown in this match. And the reason that I say that is because they are contrasted with Michael Hayes very much being a professional in it.
0: Michael Hayes played ball with them.
1: He did. And Michael, OK, so we have we have Los Cowboys, which is just a hell of a way to say their name. It, it, it wasn't Los Caballeros, or I don't even know if that's the right word. Don't hold it against me if it's not. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Los, like, Spanish noun, anything here. It was Los Cowboys, because that works. Um, or they called them the Silver Kings, one of the two. I'm not, maybe they called them the Silver Kings. The thing I'm looking at lists them as Los Cowboys.
0: This The Wikipedia has Silver Kings.
1: Okay, but they come out and do this and like th- the silver kings are getting stuff over like they're they're having good offense they're doing cool stuff they're doing good team offense and michael hayes is taking a lot of it jimmy garvin comes at the at the very beginning he has this sequence with i think silver king and silver king works circles around him and garvin just tags right the hell out Like, Garvin comes in on the tag, Silver King does a bunch of stuff around him, and Garvin's trying to keep up, and then Garvin's like, screw this, and tags out. And Michael Hayes takes heat off of them. He takes a bunch of heat off of them. And then the the end of the match was competitive. It wasn't just, like, lol, Freebirds win. Like, there was, you you could buy, there was question in the outcome, even if you've never heard of the Silver Kings before seeing what happened.
0: Yeah, because Hayes did a really good job of, like... He came to I had wondered if I was really perplexed by this. I'm like, I wonder if he knew he like knows these guys from working in Texas or something, because like he really went out of his way to give them a lot. He did like more than he even needed to. And I kind of liked him like taking out Jimmy Garvin right before the end. I laughed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> throwing that shot and popping him
0: Well and, and like Garvin didn't work much because he would do His crap and like I don't I can't say for sure But the the Silver Kings like Started potatoing him A little bit if he didn't do what they What he should be doing Like there was a point where he was doing Something and I think he had no, no, sold A, a couple of things and one of the Silver Kings Came in and instead of like doing a normal Kick to the back he just like kicks him in the back like pretty hard
2: something like that yeah i i uh i kind of like this match or at least didn't dislike it strictly because like michael hayes brought his working boots on he was actually trying to do something with this with the the silver Kings aka the Los cowboys and that made it uh that made it not bad and both both of those cowboys were, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying anything uh, new or novel. It's like they were both good workers. So, like, when they actually, whenever, at least when three of the four were trying, uh, it was a, pretty much a decent match. So. Yeah. It, it kind of was still just there. And it's like, of all of all the people there, you're going to have advance. Uh you can have... Why don't you have the Silver Kings advance? Like, it's something it's yeah, new. Yeah, I agree. The problem... that's That really is, like, the glaring flaw in this, this tournament. It's, like, if you consider Gordian Williams, like, a foreign team, you know, uh, then the only other foreign team that, that advanced is, like, we'll talk about the Japanese team in a little bit. But other than that, it's, like, oh well, wow, okay, well, wow, the, the, the standard WCW teams advanced in the tournament. It's like, okay, well, what's the point of this then? At least having, like, you know, quote-unquote international teams.
0: 2.5 Japanese teams advanced. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true.
0: So um, this show is, for me, like I said, this show, at this point, I'm kind of like, eh, this show's okay, but it's not wowing me. So then we hit the next match. Um. Which is Chris Benoit and Biff Wellington versus Brian Pillman and Hushin Thunder Liger. and I, I, I was like, oh, this should be okay, and I was like, oh, by the end, well, for starters, I was shocked that this was only 11 minutes because it felt longer, not in a bad way, yeah, but this, this match just turns into like a total bomb fest.
1: They really got going in this one like a lot.
0: And this is also why I love WCW crowds because they didn't know who the hell three of the four people were. And this crowd was popping huge for like everything by the
1: mm-hmm. end. Yeah, they were on for it. Absolutely.
0: But I mean, they're doing crazy stuff. Like there's a point where like Pillman and Benoit are just chopping the crap out of each other on the outside and they're doing mm. like a wide angle because then just going to town on each other had to be caught on film. Mm-hmm. And like Jesse and, and J are like super into this match. Like that's how good it was.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they really are <clears throat> there.
0: And you get to
1: see some stuff that you did not see regularly until like the luchador era of the late nineties. Yeah. in WCW. And, <laughs> Although I, Watching Liger do that, I saw a moonsault on the outside. I, every time they would play that, I'd be like, oh, God, his feet came awfully close to hooking that top rope as he went over.
0: And I have to say, um, Biff Wellington's skulllet cannot be matched in this. <laughs> it is a mighty skulllet. It is so skullety and so Canadian. My theory
1: this, was that he didn't get he didn't get signed. I'm sorry, Matt. Give me just a, he didn't get signed because that was Jesse Ventura's gimmick. This show. <laughs> uh,
2: beef, A.K.A. Biff Wellington, like he was a, a kind of a stampede guy, and he that's where he kind of became friends with. Uh, should we call him Pegasus Kid? Should we? Know, should, yeah, yeah. do you use the name. This was basically like a, a iwgp junior tag team match yeah and that's not a bad thing like it's it, this is this is the best match on the show and legitimately a good match
0: like i uh, would it's if i was to hmm. snowflake this it, it would there would be some variants. i need to watch it again but my initial reaction was like four and a half stars for this like it's it's like in it is in like legitimately like great territory
2: yeah, it, it's it's really 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 good match. Uh, mm-hmm. If you see nothing else from this show, uh, then I would watch this match because it's 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 worth it. It's just really really done well done. And again, it's like a New Japan IWGP Junior Tag match uh, when that meant something. And it's like it's really really good.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It's always and Liger is coming out in the white outfit. Like whenever Liger is like dressed just all in white, you know, like that's something's gonna happen. Like it's gonna be good stuff. Yeah. He's feeling it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so because because we can't have nice things, we go to the next match was, which is Hiroshi Hase and Akira Nogami versus um the headhunters who are from the Dominican Republic or the Dominican Republican as um Jesse keeps <laughs> saying. And <clears throat> they really like treat them like they're from Mexico, like with the music and it's obvious, like the way they're talking, they don't know what the fuck the Dominican Republic is, <laughs> and it's just like, and it's a they... typical old school, like it's a couple of white guys under masks. It's clearly like you could see their white skin, and
2: mm-hmm. they're feeling they from the Dominican.
0: Which is it, it, Here's like I'm gonna I'm gonna peel back the curtain, like Dominican, like I've been there. It's more like closer to black than it is like Hispanic. Yeah,
2: I've I've been. Dominican too, at least like the capital city, and it's it's um, it's uh Af- what they call like Afro Latino,
0: yeah,
2: largely not purely. I mean, there's obviously like people people of Latin descent there, but you you will find more like Afro Latinos or Afro Caribbean uh, people there. I mean, look look at uh, I believe I don't want to like speak out of turn, but I believe no way Jose, uh. Is Dominican? Sure. Let me look it up really quickly. I don't well, want to. So I want to throw a, a joke size real,
0: like a different. So what uh, Matt and I are trying size. to say is we've been there, and you can't get away with throwing a couple of white guys under masks and pretending they're from the Dominican I wanna, Republic.
1: I want to throw a quick joke in here for a friend of the show, Justin. You can tell real clearly these folks never been down Dominican. <laughs> been down Dominican, they know what it's like. But do you want? Hey, do you know who it is that's in the jobber gear?
0: Uh, Bob Cook, who is a noted jobber from the 80s, and then. Great punch, though. Joe Cruz. This is what the other the, one says.
1: The one that I've got does not say it's Joe Cruz.
0: What's the. But
1: the one that I'm looking at says it was Arn. But I don't know.
0: I don't. I, that didn't look like Arn to me. They look too schlubby to be.
1: <laughs> I All I know is they are wearing the jobberiest of jobber gear. They're wearing like. White thermal underwear with black boots and trunks and masks over top of it.
0: It's like he, it, they're they pretty much in the gear if you watch old Southern Territories and they have some mass jobber that's just in like a like blue bodysuit. And he's like the blue like terror or something like that.
1: He is like <clears throat> there was there was a running gag in a couple of the comp- companies I worked in is that the medic which means you throw on a pair of scrubs and whatever mask somebody happens to have in their bag, and you go out there and job. That, know, that was the medic.
0: You know what this reminds me of, Matt? Remember when we watched mm-hmm. that we did that brief World Class show? Remember Ray Candy as the Superfly? Mm, yeah. That's what they reminded me of. Except lower budget than that.
1: Yeah. So, I had actually, as far as I can remember... Never watched Hiroshi Hase before. And you can tell... I can tell watching this that this guy knows what's up. He knows what he's doing. Even if he doesn't have a lot of time to do it in.
0: <clears throat>
1: also, didn't know this either. He ends this match with a Northern Light suplex. Big shocker. The jobbers lost. I did not know that he innovated that. Like, which is cool to see like that was his move and yes alicia fox came along later but that's still his move and i'm leaning into a reddit meme with that so uh-huh. you know don't get too that there is a there is a reddit meme that alicia fox's greatest contribution to wrestling was the best northern light <laughs> suplex you've ever seen hmm.
0: the only thing i'll ever remember for is how um noam dar said her name
1: Oh, I know the joke but I can't remember the pronunciation.
0: I can't do it right, so I won't. But there but, was they even did a funny thing where like you could see his cell phone on the screen once and he had it spelled like he pronounced it which is <laughs> hilarious. And they have not, him they have him in stupid NXT UK where no one can see him and he's entertaining because I hate that company.
1: Um no, Alicia had a, a Basically, she just had such a good bridge on it; it looked outstanding.
0: Oh, funny like, Noam Dar story.
1: By the okay, go for
0: it. So when he wrestled in Progress, one of his moves was he would put people in like you know the camel clutch, uh-huh. and he'd be chewing gum throughout the whole match. He'd take his gum out of his mouth and put it in his opponent's mouth, oh! like, and the mm. crowd would start chanting "You sick fuck" at him, <laughs> <laughs> and you could just. But like it was, it was actually. I mean, it's gross as hell, but like you would just hear this like like scream of horror is he like and he would do it like slow so you knew what he was doing
1: did he did he palm it whenever he was going to the guy's mouth no he he, he
0: did it damn but like you just hear the crowd like screaming in horror because he like really sold it but i was like "Ah, that's really a good heel move like i wouldn't let someone do that to me but it was kind of funny yeah but yeah um so this was nothing really
1: I mean it was it was kind of a nice way to as you said to to let the WCW crowd see um Nagami and Hase work and they liked it. Yeah. So, you know, there's that, but it, uh...
0: then we get Ron Simmons coming out for a promo. This is um this is where I'd say the trigger is pulled on Simmons. So, he comes out and he gets confronted by Super Invader and Harley Race. Um and now I like I like a little bit of detail that they do here, which I think is sorely has been sorely lacking from WWE for a long time. Is before they get into the thing where you know Ron Simmons beats both of them up, Harley Race does make sure to throw out that he's a former world champion to really like sell that point before he gets he gets his ass handed to him. Mm-hmm. And he took that he t- he took a nice bump off of the football tackle too.
1: He really did. He went up for it.
0: I mean, race is always a big bumper, but, like, at this point, like, I mean, he, he went. I mean, if he could have, if he could have put, like, you know, a 360 on that, I think he would have.
1: He went over in a big way for that. And I don't, Ron might have given him a little bit of, little bit of boost on it, but that was, that was race going over. Yeah. So,
0: but this is this a nice angle because this puts um, – <laughs> this puts – this kind of says, hey, Simmons is coming for Vader.
1: Yeah. It, it it puts everybody on notice that they're starting another Simmons push. And it's, it's nice because, you know, Simmons has a reason to get fired up in this one. And – Boy, I gotta tell you, Herc did not look comfortable in the Super Invader gear again.
0: No, at least it looked less like chintzy this time.
2: It did, but he still did not look comfortable
0: at all. I wouldn't all. be. It's, terrible. it's
2: just an odd gimmick for him, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But um, well, but why yeah. Would no. would you? It's...
0: Why would you? Why would you sign Hercules and not like cash in on his what little name value he had left? Yeah. It's just dumb. And it's obvious it's Hercules. Like, if if you've watched any Hercules, you, like, know it's him.
1: Had he... Was this not long after he had gotten in trouble or something?
0: No, this is pretty... uh, This is pretty soon after Power and Glory, I think. Maybe, like, a year? Okay.
1: Because I know Herc had gotten in trouble for something at some point, right?
0: I mean, I think Herc tended to get himself into situations.
1: Uh, it it I'm I'm spitballing here. Yeah. Okay. I don't have anything to base this on, but it might have been a like we can get you a job, dude, but we can't put your face on TV.
0: Yeah, and... I don't know what the plan was there. Um. So okay. then, so then we get we get an announcement about the main event. So Bill Watts comes out and he announces um. That they're going to do, because the fans want it, the Steiners and Miracle Violence Connection are going to wrestle in the second round, starting mm. now. Um, I have to say, um, Bill Watts is a really effective authority figure. He, he actually came off good here? I thought. Yeah, I did too. He, he,
1: he presents himself as, not only as an authority figure, but he's he's got... He's got enough charisma around him that you're like you know this this is the man in charge kind of stuff he
0: he get he knows how to he knows how to project like a an aura of credibility around himself
1: mhm he's got he's got authority around himself, like, yeah, the best comparison I've got because they they both did the authority figure in a suit, not really trying to overpower anybody, just do their thing but like if you compare him to J.J. Dillon as the commissioner or whatever on Nitro, um, like Dillon did not bring weight. Dillon talked more in his segments, did, but he did not bring weight with him like Watts
0: did in this. Yeah, I would agree with that. So then we get we get we pretty much go straight into Steiner's uh, miracle violence connection, and this was um. So this is an odd match. I got I got kind of an impression that the Steiners and Williams were kind of shoot doing their amateur-y stuff.
2: This the match like started off like weird. It it was almost like a shoot in that they it did not seem like they were cooperating with each other.
0: It didn't it didn't and, seem like they it seemed like so I I don't feel like I don't feel like the match is out of control and they weren't cooperating. I feel like Williams and the Steiners like, Hey, um, let's just have some fun. And then they started like legit, like doing amateur stuff, but it wasn't like out of control or anything. They're just like, Hey, let's just, you know, Mm. let's see what each of us has.
1: It, it made it, it gave it a very different feel. Um, and it, it was not a, not a malicious feel, but like, a. A different feel than you usually, than we had been getting from Steiner's matches.
0: Kind of, they were testing each other out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I would also say, kind of knowing that each other had had that in their bag, so they're like, well, I'm not going to give you a chance to catch me, I'm going to, you know, we're going to meet there and see how it
0: works. Yeah, because I, I feel like that, because usually when they do amateur stuff, um. There was a certain weight to what they were doing that, like, worked amateur style stuff never has.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, there's some worked amateur stuff where they... One guy is very clearly styling on the other one. Yeah. And he does... He doesn't just do a spin for position. He does, like, a 360 spin to go back to where he was just to prove he could.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and they weren't like, doing gosh. that stuff. There was, yeah. like... Ooh. There was, like... Oh well, Williams got has me like, what am I gonna do? Like, well, I can pick his leg, and then like Williams like, well, I can't. I'm not going on my back. Like, I'm gonna, you know, do this. Like, there was a very different flow to it.
1: Using the ropes is kind of a reset, like a Greco-Roman match. Yeah. So.
0: And then there were some. They did some big suplexes towards the end, which.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Doc I- pretty good for them.
2: Yeah, he does. This match, really, like, it, I, I basically, now, now, like, now that I have, like, a few more decades, like, when I watched it, it's just, like, Gordy and, and Williams just seemed really cool. But now, having seen, obviously, like, a lot of stuff, well, not a lot of stuff, but enough stuff from them from, like, all Japan, like, I kind of see how both guys, like, got runs as, like, the the world champions there. It's, like, they are just beasts of men. They have no problems with just like just laying it into the other guy. Uh, it, it just was it's cool. this was uh, I liked it. I think this was a good match, but I will say like it didn't entirely click.
0: no, it was like their first match where it was like it was good, but you expected a little better,
2: yeah, but even like beach blast ninety two which we just reviewed. Uh, which had Williams and Gordy versus Steiners in the, the main. Like I thought that match was good, but it wasn't. I felt as good as it should be.
0: There, they. So what? What I think is going on here, and both matches were different. I, I really think, and I don't think it ever happened because then they couldn't use Williams and Gordy past a certain point. It mm. feels like they're giving. They're not giving you everything because they want you to come back for like the the blow off match where they're gonna go all in, all out, everything you want to see from them. They're like giving you 50 to 60% of the match you want to see, but they're teasing you.
1: You can, yeah, you you can, you're getting a taste to bring you back.
0: They're giving you, they're giving you that first hit free. Then you got to pay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're you're getting the bait on the hook. Yeah. And then whenever you come back, it's going to be like, well, uh, this is what you've been waiting for.
0: That's kind of what I feel like though, and I think it's smart. Um, that's I think how you sold. That's kind of how Mid South worked too back in the days because they put more feature matches on TV, so they kind of gave you like the tease. And it's like, hey, if you mm-hmm. want to see like if you want to see the whole match, like come to the come to the arena on Saturday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you guys had talked about uh, you guys had talked about the finish on this one.
0: Yeah, the finish was kind of weird. It's very abrupt. I kind of, I actually kind
2: of like the finish. Uh, because uh, it was because Gordy chop blocked. Yeah. Or do I have it backwards? The like guy I, I watched this earlier then. I, I I forget which one it was which, but I think Gordy like chop locked Steiner.
0: Because Steiner Scott was Steiner. selling his leg for a, a good chunk of the match.
2: Yeah, uh, and he like. He was gonna do a move on on Doctor Death and like Gordy came in like chop blocked him from the back while the ref is uh, distracted and that allows like uh, Williams to basically get the cover one two three um, and both announcers Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura like did uh, they kind of did a good job like selling it mm-hmm. uh, like it was a big deal and to me like that made me feel like oh it's a big it's a big deal I've been watching it as a kid. But I I actually liked it. it. Like it it's it was a weird finish and it was kind of a but it seemed believable to me. It's like one guy just like chopped the shit out of like another guy's leg. Like he's he's just incapacitated, and it dropped Williams right on top of him. Yeah, exactly.
1: I, the thing like I saw what they were going for and I liked it, but the problem that I got into was that. I could not, in, in watching this, whenever Gordy comes in and does the chop block, he does not get out of the way fast enough. So, they fall on top of him, too, and he's trying to get out of the way. And when the ref turns, he's right there. You know, it's if he had come in and done the chop and they had gone down and he had been out of the way, I'd be like, okay, cool, totally down with that. Because then he could have rolled out and there's no bit of question about it, but he he was right there and i was just like oh that could have been but and the ref might have let it slide cuz it looks like well he got squished in this i mean he probably wasn't involved right but i'm i'm having to justify it in my head so like Ooh, I, I like what they were going for but that that bit of execution didn't seem to quite come together
0: i was looking at the, how this tournament goes um after this because we'll see the end of this on Great American Bash 1992. Mm-hmm. And um, so Shinya Hashimoto comes in for Nagami, mm-hmm. and they wrestle the fabulous Freebirds, so we might see Jimmy Garvin just get the shit beat out of him. On this
1: next show. <laughs> Don't get our hopes up here, Brad. We got oh, it. If, if, get...
0: if it's Hashimoto, like he's going to.
1: No, I mean, like Garvin may not get in there at all. Oh, that's true. Because like this match, he just got the hell out every opportunity he could. But
0: and thank God he did.
1: Yeah, yeah, made the match better.
0: He's been, I I would say, has there been any part of these shows worse than Jimmy Garvin?
2: Ah, uh, I'd be hard pressed.
0: Because even I El would Higonte say, was better in the brief bits we got of him.
2: I would say not consistently. The ninety-one Chamber of Horrors match. I told you, like that's maybe the best use I've ever seen of Elegante. Well,
0: remember they had that match with him and Zabisco versus um, Morton and was it Pillman? I don't know. But that that match where he were Morton and then like it was Zabisco and him, that was pretty good too. It wasn't terrible, I should say.
2: It. it, it, it.
1: I think that it would be fair to say that Garvin has been the consistent low point. There may have been points that were lower, but no one has been consistently down there as much as he has.
2: Yeah, I, and I wouldn't say he's like a, a historically bad worker. Like there are points no, in, his, in his career where he was actually pretty decent, or, like or even like his stuff
0: with David Von Erichs good in the '80s. It's just the problem is like he's yeah. washed. And he refuses to, like, accept it and put, like, yeah. guys He won't He's yeah.
2: too much up his own ass about things. Yeah. It's like, you don't understand where you are in your career and your life at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is trying to make himself the star of every one of these matches, which is not going to happen if you're tagging with Michael Hayes. And, frankly, you're not good enough right now to get away with it. But by hell, he's still going to try. And it's just like...
0: Well, remember, like, um, remember that.
1: It's, it's Lori Days by Bruce Springsteen in human yeah. form.
0: But remember that lumberjack match we watched? Um, I don't remember who it was, but he was part of it. And, like, anytime the camera was on him, he was like some drunk on college game day that had, like, never seen a camera before.
1: Yeah, he's jumping there and waving his arms and stuff.
0: Yeah. Like, look at me, look at me, look. Yeah. Because I think, I think if I had to say, like, I think. Brian Pillman would be my MVP like in ring wise. That's a, that's a tough. That's a tough choice though. And yeah, I think I think from pure like moment to moment entertainment value like Abdul the Butcher for pure hilarity <laughs> is like probably my my favorite there. Just for him beating Buddy Lee Parker with that broom <laughs> for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: I was trying to think about it, and from just straight entertainment value, I might, I might give it to Simmons just because Simmons has been doing such cool stuff. Um, but you know, then then again, so is Rude, and Pillman's been doing good stuff. But every time we've seen Steamboat, he's been doing good stuff. It's really hard to put a finger on an MVP for me because yeah. there's a lot of
0: guys. But I mean, Pillman has, um. He has this. He has the the Liger match, the Brad Armstrong match. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the other ones because there was like one or two other matches that he had. To, the light heavyweight match with I think, Ricky Morton was pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Yeah, but I mean, he's had a lot of good ones. What did he That's... have at um? What did he have at Wrestle War or Beach Blast? Because those were.
1: Uh, one of them was Z-Man, but that was, like, potentially Z-Man's best match.
0: Oh, Scotty Flamingo was Beach Blast. That's right. That was pretty good. And what was... Tom Zink was um, Wrestle War.
1: Okay, I knew it was one of them.
0: That wasn't bad.
1: No, no, it, it, like we said, that was probably Zink's best match, so... Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, how would we – the thing that I got out of this show was that it's it's kind of a nice microcosm of WCW at this point. Like, there's good stuff that's really good. They, they do a good job at bringing in guest stars, basically, who do a really good job. The crowd's into them. And the good stuff – is good and some of it could be better but then there's some of it that's that's really good and it's like no that's that's as good as that's going to get and then there's some of it's it just like what in the hell are you doing like frustratingly with um you know the the the, the dominican republicans and uh, stuff like it's just like god
0: I, that, you know I don't understand with the dominican republicans is um why did they handle the Japanese and the Mexican wrestlers so well, and then they just went, like, totally left field, like, racist with with this one?
2: I don't know. I'm
1: convinced that it was...
0: And they've done it, it before on the shows.
1: I'm convinced that that's a Hamlin's Razor thing. It's just a, oh, God, we need a team for this. Well, you guys put this on, and, yeah, you're you're from... Shit, we can't say Haiti. We can't say we already got Puerto Ricans. We're get and someone's like Dominican Republic. Yeah, Dominican Republic. That's fine. Go, go, do your thing. You know, pin me, pay me. Go. And I'm convinced that it's it's just lack of prep and throwing something together without actually having enough thought. You know, enough thought about like is this stupid? Yeah. Because how hard would it? You know, we had Bulgaria as representatives from Europe, but. If you got two dudes who don't do much, you, cue up some classical music. Say they're from from Great Britain or something. Or uh, it, it it does not have to be. It is a, it's a tremendous unforced error. That's what I'm looking
0: for. Yeah, I would unforced error is a great word for it.
1: But it, I, I Hanlon's razor is anything. Why attribute to malice something that could be attributed to um, incompetence like this one would it, it, straight up just incompetent like it's yeah. like so a, I think a lot of this stuff is just 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 bad it's just
0: I, like I think it's I think it's kind of like what you said If if someone had taken more than like 30 seconds to think about what they were doing they might have not messed this up
1: or they would have just given them something else
0: yeah,
1: wouldn't have been hard.
0: Yeah, but... so so um, the show's not bad. Like, there's worse uses of your time. Um, heroes of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I would say go find the tag with um Liger and Pillman and Benoit and Wellington, mm-hmm. and you can probably skip the rest of it comfortably.
1: I mean, the main's all right, and the Simmons promo is good. Um, but if you're if you're pairing it down to the bare minimum, then that would be the one match to pick out.
0: Yeah, I mean, like it's there's nothing bad on this show, but I don't think there's anything like you're gonna regret never seeing in your life. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I also think, I also think this show works better contextually. So I don't think watch this is a one off because it won't mean much like if you're watching it in the context of like the era in 1992 WCW you'll you'll get much more out of it.
1: Yeah, it it, it helps to have context for this cuz there's there's some moving parts going on it would really yeah, benefit from.
0: So this is um we have one more show we're doing for this we're doing great american bash 1992 and we're going to then call it a wrap on dangerous alliance era wcw and um it's been a pretty interesting ride i would say
2: again i i enjoyed this because this is like 92 is when i got into wrestling like at all Uh, and i started really watching with WCW. So us watching a little bit before that in '91, and now to like this part of like mid 1992 where I began watching it uh, has been really like fun for me. Like personally, it's been really fun.
1: It has been it has been very enjoyable to go to this era and see high caliber workers doing really good stuff. And it's it's a nice, it has been a nice way to kind of encapsulate a lot of these really good, really good in-ring guys working together. You know, because all the Dangerous Alliance guys, Sting, Steamboat, uh, Dustin, Windham, like, pile all these guys in together, and you get these, you know, fun back-and-forth matches with these guys who are, some of them are in their prime, or some of them are just such vets that they they handle things really well. You know, getting to watch Rude really, you know, get in there and dig in and that sort of stuff. And Austin in his um, uh, weird as it might be, kind of his physical prime years. Like it, it is a nice. It has been a really nice way to encapsulate some really good stuff of the era, and um, I've appreciated that
0: yeah and it's it was interesting to see a promotion that was dead cold like get hot
1: mhm yeah, yeah, they really ramped it up
0: so I think um i so we we are gonna do another long view project we're we're gonna go over some options and then go from there mhm but we'll yeah. we'll get to that when we get there
1: yeah we we gotta kind of hash some of that stuff out
0: yeah and there's there's a couple things i want to get off our list finally i want to get the Ray versus psychosis um mm. yeah chewed off of our plate oh yeah yeah
1: that's gonna be fun
0: yeah that's been on the, the to-do list for like the entirety of the podcast so.
1: <laughs> we keep meaning to and and not picking it up
0: yeah Okay, well, I would say that is it for this week. Is there anything you guys have before we check out for the night?
2: No, the, again, this is really fun. Uh, even a show that was kind of like mid. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's it's been fun. It's been enjoyable. Um, I know we're wrapping it up, but hopefully you guys have enjoyed working through this with us. So, um, you know, for what that's worth. So everybody out there, thank you for being with us for being with us for this episode. We would love to hear from you on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter being the most active, but you know, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. And so this is Chad here with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth and we'll catch you next time.